Hello, welcome to Hail Yes, a Detroit Free Press podcast about University of Michigan athletics. I'm Tony Garcia, Michigan beat writer for The Free. I'm joined as always by my co-host, colleague, and friend, Reiner Sabin. And this episode, he's always behind the glass, so to speak, uh, but a man who is also my friend and colleague, Andrew Burkle, uh, is going to help us navigate this show even more than he always already does. Gentlemen, how you doing? Trying to make it through this crazy wild week here. You know, this has been uh, something else, uh, something I've never, never seen or experienced in my, all my years in covering college football and even, you know, beyond that with the NFL or anything else, frankly. Yeah, it's been crazy. I mean, this is my first first football season here at the Free Press. Uh, so I don't know if they're all like this, but it certainly feels like uh, something new every day between the whole Mel Tucker situation up in East Lansing to the NCAA investigation of Harbaugh preseason to this now. I mean, it's just like, it's just like, let's watch some football, you know what I mean? But it, it, this, this stuff is important. Yeah, I guess as an editor and the Big Ten columnist, you guys have to deal with both schools. But yeah. um, so I should be thanking my lucky stars that I only have one. And uh, <laughs> it has felt like a, a more uh, than uh, our plate is full. Very quickly, a reminder to rate, review, and subscribe to Hail Yes. You can find it uh, where you get your podcasts anywhere or on the podcast section of freak.com. And that might actually be best because that's where you can see all of our coverage. Um, but like you guys sort of said, wild week, uh, we were not planning to be here uh, necessarily. This was in theory a bye week. Uh, uh, so on Sunday, we said we'd only come if something major was happening. Obviously, a number of significant developments have occurred. Um, and yes, there's a chance that uh, as, we record, as we record this at 10.28 a.m. on Friday, October 27th, by the time you've heard something, there could be new information. But right now, we are going to somewhat concisely contextualize the, the plural investigations going around the program, predominantly the science-dealing one, what we're hearing, what it means, and that's why Andrew's going to be involved even more than, than normal. Andrew? Yeah, I think it, it just could be helpful to have me kind of uh, running point guard and really giving you guys both the platform uh, to to share what you guys know. And that's ultimately why we're doing this is to kind of, you know, share where we're at, recap how we got here uh, and then discuss ultimately what people probably care the most about is what could happen this year. Um, that, so we'll answer all of that in, in a little bit, but first we're going to go to you, Tony, uh, give us a little bit of a rundown. Obviously there's, you know, we can't talk about everything, but tell us, tell us a little bit about, what has happened since this first broke uh, just last week? Right. I guess we'll just bring it up to speed. So uh, last Wednesday, uh, it was nine days ago, uh, allegations of sign stealing leak uh, when the NCAA notifies the the Big Ten uh, that, that it has been. Nobody knows how at that point, how, how the NCAA notifies the Big Ten. Right. Uh, later. Uh, ESPN reports and identifies Connor Stallions, who was initially identified as a low-level staffer. Uh, he is a person, uh, the center of the, inv- in, of the investigation. Um, he uh, was hired on as a recruiting analyst officially in 2022, uh, but he has actually been on with the program as, as a volunteer since 2015. Sports Illustrated later comes out with a report about Stallions uh, and his deep affinity for the University of Michigan, um, how he enlisted in the Navy uh, to all with this plan to become 
Michigan's eventual head coach. Uh, he has written something he dubbed the Michigan Manifesto. It's something like 550, 600 pages, all about his path and his vision to become this person, right? And then people, uh, some uh, run with this as and paint this picture of him as this rogue staffer. Um, however, Later, sidelines um, and various reports have have pictures emerging and videos emerging from sidelines uh, of of images of what appear to be Michigan staffers holding laminated sheets of what looks like opposing signals. I mean, there's videos from the Ohio State game last year that show stallions next to Jesse Minter looking at the sideline, relaying something. All the whole sideline starts pointing, and the point is, it's on the first series of the game not later in the game. And many people point out Ohio State scored a touchdown on that play. That is a good point. However, the idea is that uh, the, the signs were stolen before before the game was sort of what that was pointing to or the theory at the time. ESPN then has another report and finds out Stallions bought tickets to 30 games at 11 schools, tickets on both sidelines, um, on each sideline, excuse me, of the, of the, the future opponent of Michigan. He would disperse them to uh, his confidants who would then reportedly record video of these uh, signals on the sideline. His, uh, according to ESPN, he had a ticket for each side of last week's Penn State versus Ohio State game. They went unclaimed. Uh, and then that brings us all the way to Wednesday night earlier this week uh, when the Washington Post story really seemed to ramp things up. Uh, that's when it said the NCAA probe began after an outside investigative firm approached the NCAA with documents and videos that it said it had obtained from computer drives also maintained and accessed by Michigan coaches. Now, initially, like as I started this, started getting ahead of myself, the NCAA brought this in evidence to the Big Ten, right? Still nobody knows who this outside investigative firm is. However, that is how it is presented later in the Washington report post report. It said Jim Harbaugh does not have direct knowledge of it, but there are coaches and there are levels to it. We can take it from there. I hope that was not too long, but that's how it got from an investigation to rogue staffer to more involvement to uh, to an actual scheme. And, and there's much more uh, than just that, but that's the quick synopsis. Okay, Phew. a lot to unpack there. Obviously, you obviously you did a good job running through that there, Tony. But first thing that I wondered when I read the Washington Post report, I'm sure many others did as well, was outside investigative firm. What what does that mean? Why were they looking into Michigan? Who was this uh, Reiner? What what do you know about that? What have you been able to uh, to you know put together, or what have you what do you what were your initial thoughts when you heard that? I mean, it was bizarre. I mean, I thought it was you know strange that the article mentioned this firm and then didn't identify the firm itself. And I mean, it leads you to speculate who it could be. And so, I mean, whatever the uh, whenever that is revealed, I mean, it could influence how everybody perceives this whole situation i mean it's uh it's led people's mind to wander about who it could be but i for me i mean i i i don't feel comfortable obviously you know speculating on who it could be but it just it it was interesting because again this outside investigative firm was able to access uh what would seem to be proprietary information private stuff so uh how did they how were they able to do that uh that's that's a question i would love to have had answered in that article. And so 
right now I have no idea what what that could be or you know who it could be, but it sounds like it was a private firm of of some sort uh uh just because of the way it was uh illustrated i mean if it was you know some kind of agency you know a government agency, I would think that would be specified by the Washington Post in there but when you have an outside investigative firm, it sounds like that's a private entity of some sort. Yeah, Ron, you meant to, or mentioned a government agency. Also yesterday, uh, Tony reported uh, that the FBI was now involved in the Matt Weiss investigation. Tony, I know you have thoughts on this, but the two are not connected as far as we know, at least on its surface, right? That's exactly right, Andrew. Um, uh, that, at least that's what I was told by University of Michigan uh, Deputy Chief of Police, Melissa Overton, uh, when, when I asked her. And the reason I asked is because on Wednesday night, it says that some somebody obtains information from computers that were accessed by coaches. When I think of computers in my mind, when I think of computers and coaches, uh, I mean, I was not going to write it, but like I just make the leap. Well, Matt Weiss, the former offensive coordinator, was, arrest, or not, was not arrested, but was fired in relation to computer access crimes. So I asked... Uh, I asked the University of Michigan police if if they're in any way connected, and I was told no, that they are entirely separate. Now, some and I know Reiner does not want to speculate, and I'm not <laughs> I'm not speculating, but I guess this is kind of close to it. One theory uh, is that with the is that the, with the FBI investigating into Matt Weiss or looking into computers, maybe there is a body who uncovers something else. That's just one working theory. Um, but nobody has said that, that that at all. And so, like Reiner said, because the Post did not answer these questions, we are left to to interpret them. And so we know that we know that we were told they were separate. Um, the FBI is investigating one thing. An outside body is investigating another. We don't know if those are the same or not. Well, I think it's logical to at least uh, assume or guess. You look at uh, other campus sca- uh, scandals over the years, you know, any any type of situation uh, where a university is starting to, especially sports, where, where certain uh, investigations start. Well, not, a lot of times it starts with one big investigation and then it leads to other other investigations throughout the school. People start looking into the, oh, do you remember that story? Do you remember when that happened? And then suddenly, you know, uh, reporters from uh, national reporters, local reporters, uh, investigative bodies, they all start looking into these different things. So I don't think it's totally unreasonable to say one could have potentially led to another, you know, getting more light of the day. You know, you know, it's kind of what you're, you're saying, right, Tony? Since the Matt Weiss news broke in January, I, I've been searching for answers um, and and. and- contacting different people and trying to go through different avenues because there is an active investigation. It does make it very difficult to get answers. Um, But for any conspiracy theorist who thinks that like we were sitting on this or that there was some time, like on my end, there was no relation, right? Like maybe someone else felt some different type of way or, or something, but I have just been sort of doing my due diligence as best I could for the past 10 months. And so that's how we found out yesterday that the FBI is working with Matt Weiss or was working on the Matt Weiss case. Not because there's reports that the NCAA is talking to Michigan coaches right now. Like it's not right now that has to do with this 
specific situation. It's just um, it's just <laughs> coming to light in the same week. I guess that's my point. Yeah, and I can personally attest to this. I started at the Free Press in April. And very first thing I asked Tony, I'm like, dude, what's the latest on the Matt Weiss situation? And he's like, I'm working it. I'm calling it. I'm making calls, <laughs> you know, active investigation. Yeah. So uh, I can't attest to that. But let's get to the biggest, the biggest question that, you know, people ultimately have around the country, locally, Michigan fans, not Michigan fans. What realistically could happen this year to this Michigan football team? What effect could it have? Could Michigan face a postseason ban? Could they be, you know, kicked out of the Big Ten championship game? Wins wiped off their uh, their record this year. Realistically, what, Reiner, do you think could happen or is in play for the remainder of this year? Typically, NCAA investigations don't don't get wrapped up that fast, but this isn't a typical situation. And the NCAA t- typically moves at the gl- at a glacial pace. Um, I mean, if, if something were to happen, it'd likely come from the Big Ten, where they would step in. The Big Ten has a, stor- a sportsmanship policy that says the commissioner can intervene under extraordinary cir- circumstances, um, where you know the the commissioner has the exclusive authority to determine whether a violation has occurred and impose discipline. Whether Tony Petiti, who's a new commissioner, took over for Kevin Warren uh, earlier this year, basically uh, w- whether he has the power or feels like this is uh, in his jurisdiction as far as uh, you know going forward with this. I mean, I think is is a question. I mean, does he have the cloud to pull this off if he were to punish Michigan? Uh, you know, Michigan if it. They are undefeated is going to be an attractive, uh, uh, you know, obviously program to the uh, to the college football playoff and to TV networks at large. And Tony Petiti is a former TV executive. So uh, he's going to be cognizant of that. And so, I mean, will he will he have the, you know, energy and interest in in trying to punish Michigan uh, and get out in front of this story? before it even mushrooms potentially further, I don't know. I mean, that's the question. That's the million dollar question. But that, that seems to be the only uh, recourse possibly for Michigan being punished and, you know, actually suffering possibly this season. Uh, now, the other possibility, obviously, is Michigan goes through the season and then retroactively gets its wins vacated. And what are we, you know, people are going to be left to wonder, you know, uh, whether, you know, Michigan won the 2023 national championship, assume that, assuming that they go on to do that, uh, whether that was a valid championship and whether they, they did that. And so those are historical questions that are going to have to be answered. But in the here and the now, the only uh, seems to be the, the only way that Michigan actually gets punished before the end of the season probably through the big 10. Right. And right. And Reiner, another, another separate point is, uh, I mean, the college football playoff is separate from the NCAA. Right. Right. And so say Mm -hmm. the NCAA, I mean, the college football playoff committee can still do what it will, unless uh, like a governing, unless the big 10, like, I guess I don't know. Exa- I mean, it's so unprecedented, right? But if the NCAA, and and but I, the CFP, and- sure, yeah, and I'm pretty sure the playoff doesn't have any kind of stipulation or rule in place to actually uh, punish a team for for some kind of uh, uh, 
influencing the results or whatever. I mean, or having some kind of competitive advantage or, uh, you know, possible cheating involved. And they, I don't think they have anything that, you know, in their criteria for determining the playoff field. Yeah. yeah. And, and furthermore, I mean, whenever the, whenever any scandal, I guess it's so hard to compare it to anything because we don't know the magnitude and the scope just yet. Right. But right. so often, I mean, almost always across all sports, scandals are found out about after the fact, right? right. Like, um, I mean, it's, it's really rare that you are finding out about something in live time and unsure about how it uh, affects things moving forward. Uh, I mean, I guess somewhat of a, of a comparison is like the Patriots and Spygate, right? In, in 2005 sure. when they're videotaping sign signals. And it's, I mean, it's a different league. It's a different time, but they were hammered. I mean, they lost, they lost a first round pick. They were, I mean, 500, like $500,000 uh, fine. I mean, that doesn't matter for Robert Kraft, but I mean, Belichick and Brady took, took a hit uh, on, on their legacy. And I think that is what, and that's why I want to bring it back to that because uh, in the court of public opinion, Michigan is already in a very bad way, right? And now everybody should be innocent until proven guilty. Jim Harbaugh, there is still no direct evidence linking him to this. However, the plausible deniability is uh, is is fading by the minute, right? And and at minimum, this would seem to fall under the definition of lack of institution lack of institutional control, uh, which is found when the committee on infractions. This is the definition of it: when the committee of infractions determines that major via, major violations occurred and the institution failed to display adequate compliance measures at yeah. minimum. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, I think, you know, there was an article about TCU using or finding out uh, and hearing through the grapevine that Michigan's stealing signs and uh, it had an elaborate operation. They put in the dummy signals. Uh, but, you know, I mean, again, that seems to indicate that this was kind of known throughout college football. So at least the questions, well, what did Harbaugh really know? And like, how would he, how wouldn't he have known that was the case? And so um, now, I mean, it could be that, you know, again, Michigan, uh, this, this scheme was, uh, you know, had layers between him. And so he assumed that they were just really good at stealing signs and game. I mean, again, that's, that would be pretty naive. I mean, given that some of the stuff was obviously probably happening early on and they had, uh, as you alluded to, it looked like place, uh, place sign charts that were already uh, drawn up before the game. And so uh, it, it's, uh, it, would, it would stretch. You'd have to suspend belief in some ways to, to believe that. But I mean, at the same token, again, it's And like, do we still give him the benefit of the doubt to suspend that belief? Right, Reiner? I don't right. know. I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, given his track record, I mean, he's always kind of stretched the rules uh, in some ways. I mean, pushing stuff into the gray area. I mean, going back to, you know, the satellite camps and then also, uh, you know, hiring, you know, people that were uh, connected to recruits, whether it was, you know, Devin Bush's uh, dad and, and such. And so, uh, he's always pushed the boundaries. I mean, even, I mean, again, Michigan was caught is in a current in NCA investigation because they, they used analysts and, uh, also, uh, uh, to, to coach and then also, uh, did some stuff during the COVID-19 dead period from a recruiting standpoint that was 
uh, verboten. So it's it's something that uh, I think Michigan doesn't necessarily get the benefit of the doubt, considering what what uh, the track record is, and you know puts a harsher spotlight on Jim Harbaugh and makes you really think like you know, what has he really known all along as, as it relates to this operation? Because again, they've been doing stuff that kind of pushed the boundaries uh, since he's, since he first got there. And so uh, it, it does raise a lot of questions about what Harbaugh knew and when did he know it? Tony mentioned the, uh, the Patriots and, and Spygate. Um, our colleague Jared Ramsey did a whole piece looking into to sign stealing and, and other similar scandals. But uh, the two that it's almost more similar to Deflategate in some ways. Do you guys remember when that happened? They figured it out in between the AFC championship game and the Super Bowl. And everyone's like, OK, well, the Super Bowl is in a few days. What do we, what do we do now? You know, right. it's kind of the same, uh, the same situation where it's like, okay, we know this, we don't have time to investigate or prove this. Um, Lord knows there needs to be a uh, uh, assumption of innocence. Uh, you, you can't just start handing out punishments a week after the report breaks, but at the same time, there is a competitive balance there. And then the other thing it kind of reminded me of was the Houston Astros sign stealing scandal. Uh, when AJ Hinch, ironically, Tigers manager, um, he was, you know, there was never any evidence that he was directly involved, but almost every team in baseball knew that it was going on or had some assumption it was going on, uh, with the trash can banging and all that stuff. And everyone's was left to point the finger at Hinch and say, listen, if you're that close to it, it even if you somehow did not know about it, it still ultimately refault, falls on your shoulders. So that kind of goes to the, the lack of institutional control that you mentioned earlier, Tony. Yeah. And and also, I get there's there's also patterns, right? This is another place my, my mind goes. Um, let's go, let's go all the way back to the theory that Connor Stallions is uh, is was acting as at Rogue, which evidence points that's not the case. But let's even operate under that theory. Why is he close? And I mean, Jim, Jesse Minter's a pretty important dude, uh, and these and these coaches are pretty important. Like these these offensive coordinator or coordinators are pretty important. How is someone? like that this close to those people on game days i mean with photos and videos of evidence i mean there are different reports about him texting about bragging about his relationship back in 2017 with jay harbaugh and chris partridge chris partridge is now back again as as linebackers coach um i mean it at, uh, bringing it back to jim harbaugh and of course he does not hire everyone it's he does not sit down and meet every single analyst and low quote-unquote low-level staffer but if you're getting paid fifty-five thousand dollars to be on michigan's recruitment and listed as uh, an analyst on michigan's recruiting staff you're, you're part of the team you're part of the you're part of the organization um and whether it's that whether it is i mean matt matt weiss i mean he's been very connected to the harbaugh family and i'm and i'm not He's been very connected to the Harbaugh family for decades, right? And uh, and and he brought him here. And uh, Shemi Schembechler, all of 72 hours, right? Jim Harbaugh needs to be responsible for those he brings into this program. And all of this makes you wonder, Reiner, how are Michigan football and Jim Harbaugh going to move forward from this point? Because all signs, you know, Michigan has never been playing better on the field. But uh, amidst all of this, 
reasonably, do you expect them to move forward as a partnership? Yeah, I mean, it, it remains to be seen. I mean, obviously, the, the contract that was in the works, I mean, has, has repeatedly been tabled first, I guess, when the initial NCA investigation and no, notice of allegations was handed down in January. That was during the period when it looked like, you know, Jim Harbaugh was possibly going to leave then with the NFL poss- uh, opportunities uh, that he was exploring at that point. Then when he came back, uh, the contract extension was kind of uh, put on hold that, you know, he was looking for the raise or whatever. And then uh, now, I mean, that that talk became bubbled up recently. Again, it looked like they were moving towards a contract extension uh, again and uh, that they were going to get that finalized maybe in the near term. Uh, although that's usually not what Jim Harbaugh typically does because he doesn't usually do those things during in-season situations, but there seemed to be a push to get it done uh, very soon. But then obviously this sign-stealing scandal surfaced. So, uh, you know, what it, what it means for Harbaugh in the future, I mean, who knows? I mean, it's impossible to get in the guy's head. Uh, I mean, again, I mean, how much is the NFL going to be interested in him this cycle? Uh, that depends. Uh, I mean, he's obviously had a great record in the NFL, but he hasn't been hired in the last nine years. Um, you know, and certainly not in the last couple of years when it looked like he was actively interested in going to the NFL. So is this thing going to influence NFL teams to be like, Hey, I don't want to deal with somebody who's, uh, you know, under the specter of allegations and has all this stuff hanging over his head. Uh, well, I mean, you know, that's that's the question that a lot of people are asking right now. And so that could influence whether Jim Harbaugh has any uh, uh, leverage or flexibility to actually, you know, go there. So he it may be Michigan or nothing. And I now I don't even know if Michigan is, you know, going to be certain for him, given all the stuff that's going on with that. I mean, again, uh, the two, two NCAA investigations uh, going on at the same time. It, leaves Michigan in a very precarious position and Jim Harbaugh is the head of the Michigan football program. And so who's responsible for, uh, you know, Michigan maybe being in the precarious position. I mean, it, whether he wants, wants it or not, it falls back on Harbaugh ultimately because he's the leader of the program. Well, he still has three years on his contract. Right. right. And so that's Michigan's sort of fallback, right? Like we don't have to offer him. There were, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, for everything I'm told as well. I mean, they were certainly working toward uh, a new contract extension. Uh, Jim Harbaugh's lawyer was in town two weeks ago and and met with important people at Michigan to to, to have uh, discussions. I mean, I was told that there was, it never got to the point where like a PDF was sent and it was like, hey, make your marks, make your changes. That's when you're really getting to those final steps. However, um, there were... It's getting ballparked. I mean, the, the sides are, are, are coming together. There is one pretty clear last hurdle uh, that remains, or there was at the time. Um, they, it, they expected this. At this time last year, the expectation was this would have been farther along uh, had Michigan won knowing Michigan did win the 2022 Big Ten title and go to a second straight college football playoff, the expectation is Jim would have been extended earlier. But like you said, the first NCAA investigation tabled things. And as one person told me, you like 
you can't think you're sure you have to know you're sure. Right. And so, and right. so they paused, they felt as if that, well, I mean, while not great, they felt as comfortable is my understanding moving forward pretty, pretty comfortably. Then this whole latest thing happens again. And now, even though separate people have told me that from everything they've known, Jim did not have direct knowledge. But again, it's the bigger question of the institutional control. What does it mean? Can he really have the excuse of not having knowledge? How far does this go? So uh, it is on hold. And it is, I mean, it's fascinating for so many reasons why Jim Harbaugh is one of the most fascinating characters in North American sports. Um, you just don't know what he's going to do. Uh, I mean, and like he, we know he wants to go to the NFL, right? Does anyone in the NFL want him? But right. he's really good right. and has won. And, and the bottom, but right. but the NFL is a bottom line business. He's forty four nineteen and one. Mm-hmm. If you're if you you put up, with, I mean, if he's been he has in the NFL circles been perceived as a headache at times. Um, I think any anybody in the NFL will put up with a headache for a few years for a Super Bowl. And a lot of people think Jim Harbaugh can get you there. So it's such a catch-22. Like, you don't know well, if Jim's going to do something, the NCAA is going to do something, Michigan. Well, I mean, it's true. I mean, but, you know, again, the the friction with management, whether it's been with the San Francisco 49ers or with Warren Manuel, that relationship is very uh, – uh, tenuous, I think, uh, or, you know, from, from the outside perception of it. And, you know, you talk to people inside the program and does it sound like, you know, it's on the best of terms, uh, you know, or, or it could be on the best of terms. And so it's just like, well, you know, what does that mean? I mean, again, uh, you know, the question is like, does Michigan's leadership ultimately be affected by this whole thing? across the board. I mean, and not just Harbaugh, but, you know, War Manual too. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of questions about like how this, this scandal could, uh, shake up, you know, Michigan athletics period. I mean, it's, it's a big, it's a big deal. Um, you know, it's got a lot of national attention. Uh, people are really, uh, you know, questioning, you know, Michigan's, uh, integrity at the moment. And like, that's the public perception that's out there. And so, uh, you know, I know that the region, region Jordan actor likes to say that Michigan athletics is the front porch of the university. Well, I mean, the front porch right now seems to be burning. On was going to say it's on fire. Yeah. It's it. it yeah. No, it, it, it does. It, it does. It does appear that way right now. And I just want to, um, well, certainly, uh, I mean, Harbaugh and, and Ward do not appear to be by best of friends by, by any means. I do think the the level of their disconnect has gotten blown out of proportion, uh, and, and, and at least from what I'm told. Uh, like, yeah, people, I mean, people, go ahead, go ahead. No, I know. I mean, I've heard of the same thing. It's not a, not as bad, but it's still enough that it's it's a strange dynamic, and it's also where you know, the two are, are not aligned. And that feeds into the whole idea that Harbaugh is difficult to work with, which goes back to the 49ers situation. Right. And that, right. and, then, yeah. and that affects how employable he is elsewhere. I mean, the, I mean, are the NFL teams going to want to put up with the, all this stuff, you know, uh, to maybe get the possibility of a coach that could win now? I mean, we don't, and we don't even know how Harbaugh would translate to modern day NFL. I mean, we still, we still don't know because, uh, it's been nine or 10 years since he was last in the league. And so the, a lot of things have changed since then, the way that offenses function, uh, you know, everything, uh, you know, 
has shifted a little bit in the NFL since he's been there. So, yeah, I think there's uh, some questions about what opportunities are going to be there for him, which affects, again, his flexibility as it relates to his career and his future here. That, I mean, there's so many different ways this could play out. First of all, I mean, there we if there's anything we know about NFL teams that they get desperate to win. So it may take a team getting desperate, a la the Jaguars with Urban Meyer. They still hired him. You know, there might still be opportunities right. for Jim uh, if the situation was right. Now, also, could Jim sit out? He could also just be like, hey, my options, my best option is taking a year suspension and sticking at Michigan if they'll have me. I mean, that could happen. Or he could be fired. I mean, there's there are so many different ways this could play out. And I think, uh, you know, people love a story uh, nationally of the top dog getting brought down from from that mantle. Right. And I think kind of right now, Michigan is at the top. And that's there's there's so many reasons why it's grabbing headlines. You know what I mean? Nationally. Yeah. I mean, Jim Harbaugh was talking about fighting the laws of gravity. Right. If Andrew, if he were to try that route and take a full year off and stay and turn the keys over to someone and hold steady. I mean, recruiting, there's there's I mean, there's there's a lot that could go wrong there, obviously. But but you could be right. I mean, it, it, that still might be the be- the best case scenario. Uh, for for all involved and and naturally this happens on a bye week right and it feels like in some ways for Michigan it really is worst case scenario right like they can't just go out on Saturday play football and then just and and then just try to move on I mean this thing has been taking up all the oxygen in the room all the air and is uh there's we still I mean we still feel we waited until now to have this podcast because we wanted answers but every answer you get comes with another question right yeah I mean and there's a lot there's still a lot of gray I mean we don't again we don't know the extent of the the knowledge of Harbaugh as it relates to the that we don't even know again uh how this whole thing materialized basically with the outside investigative firm it's there's so many questions as to what it is and what the ultimate fallout will be. I mean, as far as uh, uh, repercussions or potential repercussions, or if there's any, or if <laughs> there's any kind of liability that is found as it relates to Michigan and uh, with this whole situation. So like, there's, there's so many questions. We, you know, right now there's just allegations out there and the an investigation hasn't even started technically because the NCAA hasn't served them the, yeah. you know, the 90, 90 day notice of allegations. And so, right. um, so there's, there's that, to, that hasn't yet happened. So there's still so many questions out there. There really are a ton of questions. Uh, and, and I think as important as any of them, or as unfortunate as any of them is we may not know one of the most important questions, how much of a difference did it make? Right. Like that's the and and not that it matters, but like one of the worst parts about this is if if, should this all prove to be true is how it gets at the 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 fundamental uh, like the fairness of the game and the integrity of of this of the sport. Um, and, And there's just no way to know quantifiably how much this tipped the competitive balance. Uh, when, when we're talking about all the unknown about this, that will remain unknown. Uh, how, how much did it affect the play and, and the players? Um, did any did anyone and not saying did anyone know? But like, 
How upsetting is that for the players? How are they going to be able to respond? How is this team going to come together? I mean, they continue to talk about coming together. Uh, this has certainly escalated beyond what they've come together from before. Yeah, because it strikes at the very heart of what they're doing. I mean, people are questioning the validity of what they've already accomplished and what, and they're potentially casting a pall, uh, potentially cast a pall over the entire rest of the season and the results, no matter what they do. So it's just a very difficult situation for the players to be thrust into, uh, assuming that they didn't even know it. And so, you know, in some ways they're kind of, yeah, again, if they didn't have any knowledge of it or innocent victims in this. And so, uh, and you know, it's also a shame for the teams that may have played Michigan that they, you know, they maybe may have been at a disadvantage. So, I mean, there's that component too. I mean, you know, you can't forget the fact that maybe some of these other teams, you know, didn't have a fair shot in that sense. I mean, it's, again, if the allegations are true, that the, it's it's a messy situation. It's just a complete mess, and it's unfortunate. Uh, and I've never seen anything like it again play out in real time, where you you just don't know what the ultimate impact is and what it, what it's going to lead to, and 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 really it, it raises so many questions about just everything as <laughs> what we're watching, what we've seen. Uh, and how do you even how, how we cover it? How we, how cover, we cover it? it. Yeah, how we cover it? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I just I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's hard. It, it's, it's I've been wrestling with it for the last you know five or six days. I don't know what to what to make of it because on the surface, you know, Michigan is thirty three and three. They've done everything that you can imagine uh, outside of winning the national championship uh, these last three years. The program's at its highest point, the century, things are going so well. And then you have this that, you know, basically affects your, your perception maybe of what has transpired and what may still transpire. And so I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's really difficult. It looks like the program was about to get its thousandth win as it moves to 11 and 0 against undefeated Maryland to set up a home game against top five Ohio state to go to a third straight big 10 title game. That's, what, what this season would be. I mean, that's been the dream in Ann Arbor, right? Like 2021 was, was like, Oh my God, it happened last year was proof of concept. This year was no prisoners. This is our time. Everybody out of the way. Mm-hmm. And it's been, and, and, and it, it has been, and will continue to be, unfortunately, anything but that the discussion will be. And, and the way it's playing sure. out for Michigan is, is unfortunate in that it seems to be, just one story after another, after another, after another, just to keeps that keeps it in the narrative. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, 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 it really, it will, we'll see if how good Michigan is at, at fighting off those distractions. And uh, the, so far they've proven to be pretty good at it. Um, but it is, if nothing else, disappointing for their fans, because like you said, Tony, this is the year they've been waiting for. They have the quarterback. I mean, this is like that offense is a lot more fun than some of the offenses they've had in years past. Uh, I mean, it has all come together this year, uh, and now it's been, you know, completely rained up. I wrote a J.J. McCarthy Heisman story on Monday. Let me tell you, that feels like a year ago. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can't, I can't believe that was this week and, and that he hasn't played. Like, do you remember when he shredded Michigan State, like, four touchdowns, 300 yards? That was six days ago. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, I mean, I mean, it just feels like the world of college football has happened since then. But um, I'm not sure when we'll be back next week. We will continue to monitor. We tried. I mean, I, I think we'll probably wait till we hear from Jim on Monday and then bring that to you then. That's probably the best. Um, I don't want to promise something and then deliver because, as everybody can see, uh, these are rapidly evolving times and developments. Maybe something breaks later today and we have to come back. Uh, I hope not because I'm supposed to be on vacation, uh, as, as we all are. Um, but uh, as we say, it's always something. So thanks, fellas, for, for hopping on early and doing this. Uh, as always, thanks to Editor-in-Chief Nicole Avery Nichols, Executive Editor Anjanette Delgado, Sports Editor Kirkland Crawford, Audio Engineer Robin Chan, and Sports Editor and our show's producer, and today co-host Andrew Burkle. Uh, that'll do it. Stay safe, everybody. We'll talk to you next time. This is Hail Yes. <laughs>